Hey there, I'm Osman Faruqi and this is The Culture, a weekly show about the latest in the world of pop culture, arts, entertainment, and spending the summer playing a cheeky little online word game. We're back for 2022. It's going to be a big one. I've seen some of the best television of my life over the past few months. The Oscars are just around the corner. Netflix is dropping a Kanye documentary. It is all happening, folks. To kick things off, we're delving into the game that everyone has been obsessed with. And to help me talk about it, I'm very excited to welcome back to the show for the first episode of the year, Ginny Maxwell, games critic for The Saturday Paper. Ginny, thank you so much for being my first guest of 2022. What an honour. Thank you so much for having me back. The honour is absolutely all mine. And I'm so excited about the topic we're delving into today. So my summer was absolutely dominated by this game. Everybody is talking about this game now. Uh, You've probably seen everybody posting about something called Wordle. And it started with my Twitter feed starting to fill up with these coloured squares in a grid that I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Wordle is this free online word game that everyone seems to be playing. And like you said, Chris, you've probably seen posts from your friends about it. People were posting about it. People were furiously arguing about it. And I eventually decided to ask some friends what was happening. And they said, it's Wordle. What do you mean? You don't Wordle? (laughs) Get on Wordle. You should Wordle. What's Wordle? Oh, someone has a life. (laughs) What's Wordle, he says. Talk to me about Wordle. What what exactly is this game and how has it captured the world so quickly? So Wordle is, as you said, a pretty viral phenomenon at the moment. So you know the game Wordle? If you don't know it, it's, a, it's some website. You got to go to some Wordle, wordle.uk or something. Uh, you guess the first five letters. At its kind of core, it's a word guessing game where you were given six tries to guess a five-letter word. Yes! All right, so it's A. a we got A is definite. That's a guaranteed that's letter. That's exactly the right place. Yes, that's exactly right. And E is somewhere in there. Each time you guess, the game gives you some feedback. So it uh, grays out any letters that aren't in the final word. If you have the correct letter but it's in the wrong position, it highlights it in yellow, and if you have the right letter in the right position, it highlights it in green. Ah, I chew. I felt the same thing. What? I felt the same thing. Uh, what do you think? Uh, but there's uh, no E in a chew. The E isn't, that's true. There's uh, no E in a chew. Uh, so over the course of six guesses, the number of letters that are left to you kind of whittles down, and that's kind of the game. Let's try Abby. You guys agree, Abby? <laughs> Oh, I think it's really allowed. And then at the end, you're given the option to, as you say, share the famous or maybe infamous uh, grid of (laughs) coloured squares to your social media feed. There's a new Wordle every day. Everyone gets the same one. There's no way you can get a new Wordle before the 24-hour limit is up. So kind of design-wise, that's it. But I'd argue that um, the metagames and arguments that have kind of broken out across social media are as important to how the game works and what it is 
as the guessing of the word itself. Totally. The, the discourse and the sometimes very serious and touching conversations about how to play or how not to play Wordle is pretty intense. The, the game has, it's only been around for, for a few months as far as I can tell, but it's absolutely exploded in popularity. Can you tell me just how many people are Wordling and how fast that's all happened? What is Wordle? On November 1st, 90 people played. As of Monday, it has more than 2.7 million players. From what I've read, it looks like there are about 2 million or maybe more Wordle players worldwide. And those stats are from a couple of weeks ago. So I imagine the number could even be higher now, which is pretty incredible for a game that was developed by a software engineer, Josh Waddle, (laughs) for his partner, Palak Shah, just as a bit of fun because he knew that she really liked word games. Originally, it hadn't been intended for any kind of public release. He designed it first for her. She shared it with her family. They played it, I think, over Messenger together. And then eventually he thought, they like it so much, let's put it out into the world. So it was designed for a player base of one and has instead reached a player base of several million. It's pretty amazing. And there are obviously some reasons why it has caught fire. Like it is easy to play. It's it's browser-based. You can play it on your mobile. It's free. The rules are pretty straightforward. The barrier to entry is pretty straightforward. So there's all of that going for it. But then at the same time, like there are so many games out there in the world. There are so many things fighting for our attention, whether it is a game, whether it's a TV show, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, whatever. There's like a lot of stuff to do while you're trying to kill time around, around the place. I feel like there are a few different reasons why Wordle in particular has exploded. And I guess I was reflecting on, I had a few weeks over summer where I was a very serious Wordle player. Like I would do it first thing in the morning and I was really into it. And I never shared my scores like on social media, but I would text some of my friends and I still really enjoyed sort of seeing, uh, you know, other people sharing the stuff. And to me, that maybe was what was the most exciting part of it, like that kind of social element where you felt like you were part of this community Mm. that were playing the game every day and and kind of having this conversation about how you played and seeing the different strategy around it. But I wonder what else you think has contributed to the game's success. What what about playing it makes it so fun and so addictive? Well, I think something I found really interesting when I was kind of reading more about the game is the developer, Josh Waddle, has a pretty actually interesting history with creating kind of playful experiments specifically for social media. Yeah, right. Do you remember the button on Reddit? Mm. Basically on April Fool's Day in 2015, this new subreddit appeared called The Button and on it there was a timer counting down from 60 seconds and it would reset itself each time somebody clicked on it and each user could only click one time, each Mm. render could only click one time. And the idea was that when the countdown reached zero, the experiment would be over. Oh, wow. And it was only intended as an April Fool's joke, but it became an absolute phenomenon. People created communities around, you know, either their people would attach whole identities to being like non-button presses or to pressing the button only at a very particular time and would then like meet up with other people who like would only press, who pressed the button at like 14 seconds or whatever. It became this huge thing. And that was designed by the guy who designed Wordle. Oh, wow. That's so fascinating. So he sort of seems to have this insight into the psychology of why people 
uh, want to do certain things, press buttons or play word games? I think so. I think he really understands that, you know, we talk a lot about how incredibly hostile and negative social media is and how those sites are designed to generate hostility and negativity, Mm. which they are. Mm. And he twice now has found a way to turn two of the worst offenders, I would say, like in this category, first Reddit and now Twitter into places <laughs> where that hostility is like channeled into something kind of community building and fun. I think it's kind of amazing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think when you describe the game, like it does sound simple, but also there's an elegance in its simplicity. Like, let me think about how to explain this, right? So there are games that, you know, you have to be a really serious person to spend lots of hours a day to get really good at a particular game. Games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, I think are games like that. If you just pick up a controller, it can be very overwhelming to play that for five minutes a day. You're going to get very frustrated. And then there are games that are, you know, super easy and super simple to get. And I think something like Wordle is really fascinating because to play the game requires almost no knowledge. Like you don't even, it's not like Scrabble where you necessarily need an enormous vocabulary Mm. because you can sort of guess and and figure it out as you go along. But the kind of level of difficulty or how you show off how good you are isn't by choosing a different difficulty setting. It's just by getting the word in fewer guesses and then you share that. And And the website sort of records how good you are at getting the word in one guess, two guess, three guesses, or, you know, potentially five guesses. And because it's the same word every day for everyone around the world, you've got millions of people guessing the same word. And it's like a game show on an enormous global scale. And so you can, you know, you see people when there's a word that's particularly tricky. I remember there was a word, uh, Rebus, R-E-B-U-S, a few That one got me. (laughs) Yeah. That one freaked out a lot of people. And Rebus is apparently a game in and of itself. Is that right? Is that what the word means? It's it's that thing where you like try to guess the word based on a series of symbols. Oh, right. That's Rebus. But yeah, no, that infuriated me too. <laughs> and then just the fact that you wake up one morning and everyone's like, oh, this word was so hard. Like, what is this word? This is tough. <laughs> um, or when there's like an American version of spelling of a word, kind of seeing all these people very earnestly and sweetly express frustration or just talk about how great it felt to get that word. That, to me, seems a big draw behind why it's become so popular beyond the kind of mechanics and entertainment value of the game itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, the game is, I mean, I take great pride in being very good at Wordle, but that doesn't (laughs) actually mean anything. I think everyone feels that way (laughs) because actually, functionally, the game's not that hard. Mm. You have six guesses. There are only 26 letters in the alphabet it doesn't let you guess words that aren't valid. So you've got a pretty good chance of whittling down your guesses until you get it by guess six. You're probably going to win Wordle. (laughs) Most (laughs) times you are probably going to win Wordle. And so the challenge of the game and the satisfaction of the game is totally personal in this weird way. People set themselves kind of targets for the amount of guesses that they will personally consider a win. You know, if they get Mm. it in three or they get it in two, that's the ideal state. But those people, because it's not a particularly strategic game, as you say, it's not really something you can get heaps better at. Those people are still going to come in clutch on like a late win every so often. So it always feels kind of In some ways, it's kind of really old school. It's like Mm. doing a cryptic crossword. I used to do that with my grandparents when I was a little kid, by which I mean 
they would do it and I would be there <laughs> feeling like I was part of the process. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. So with Wordle, there is this debate and conversation about strategy or not strategy. And there's been some stories and like linguists have been sharing things saying, you know, sharing facts like, well, the most common letters in words are this. The most common starting letter in the English alphabet is like T or an S or something like that. And so if you play the odds and you pick a starting word that has the most common letters and starts with the most common letter that starts a word, over time, like you will be paid dividends for that. Do you play Wordle with a kind of strategy? Do you have a go-to start word or do you just sort of like make it up as you go along? Talk me through your Wordling. So I started out strategic and then very quickly found that I don't think it does pay dividends. I have found that I have more success totally in terms of just my own enjoyment and my own sense of satisfaction when I just pick words that I think will be interesting mm. and see where that goes. Mm. If you put in your first guess and you don't get a single letter, that's quite thrilling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like that feels exciting. Like it makes the stakes feel higher, I think. But also I think like quite a few other people, I've been developing weird little meta games of my own mm. where I just make the game fun for myself. I saw someone the other day who's their idea of a win at Wordle was if they could create a pattern, a like repeating pattern in their guesses, but still get it by the end. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's fun. I like that. It's like diagonal green squares or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's like, those are the only ones they post. So they'd be like, okay, got it. That's wild. People are making up their own games within Wordle. Yeah. What a world we live in. Totally. Yeah. I saw someone else who tries to write little poems in Wordle and then like on guess six, let the game finish the poem. Wow. Wow. So I think um, Wordle is a game uh, that encourages people to feel good at it, which is great. Yeah. Do you have a starting word? No, I kind of change it up every time just depending on like mm. how I how I feel and, you know, if there's a particular word that jumps out at me. I've seen some people, this is a really fascinating strategy and I wonder what you think about it. So say your starting word is adore right? Mm. And you get like the A's in the right place and the E's in the right place. Often, and this is what I do certainly, is like the next word I will do will also start with an A and start with an E. I'll just try and fill in those blanks. But I've seen people where they pick, they get a word right, they know what the letters are, and then they completely change up the second one to sort of rule in and rule out other letters. And then I've seen them parlay that into a kind of like third go guess. Because mm. it's like, I could keep iterating on what I got right the first time around, or I could just like cancel out a bunch of other letters and be like, okay, cool. It's definitely now this word. And they nail it on turn three. I was really fascinated by that. And I think that's a really smart way to do it. Have you, have you seen that? Do you have a take on that? Do you think that's within the spirit of the game? I think it's all fair game. I say go for it. I even know people who um, inspected the like code of the game on the web page and found the full list of words oh, and wow. were like, I've got it. I've sold every Wordle for the next 200 days or whatever. And I have to say, like, if that's how you want to play, hmm. if you feel like you get satisfaction from every day, inspecting the page and then just putting in the correct word, 
why not? Totally. <laughs> it's your wordle. In some ways, the game kind of feels more like a social ritual than a game in itself. You know, I agree, and and we were talking before about the kind of social element of Wordle and how sharing it and talking to people about it and and seeing the grids that people post is a huge part of why the game has become so popular and built this community. Mm. I actually have had a real life kind of random Wordle interaction where I was waiting uh, for a table at a cafe and and this kind of couple they they were in their I would say like you know fifties or or sixties they they got up and and just asked me and the person I was with oh you know before you guys sit down like have you guys done the Wordle for today and I was like <laughs> oh no I haven't done the Wordle for today but cool that you guys Wordle and they said yeah you know the the good weekend quiz <laughs> that's published by the Asian the Sydney Morning Herald isn't isn't up yet um, and it's not back till the end of January so we've been Wordling every day as like a communal activity over coffee and that was my first like IRL Wordle conversation I found it very sweet uh, and, and moving and I thought it was so nice that we've got this thing that is so wholesome to talk about yeah. rather than every other conversation it feels like is, oh, what are the case numbers today? Or have you gotten sick yet? Or do you have a tip on where we can get a quick PCR test? That is that is kind of what has unified society for the past two years. And now it's this silly little word game. Totally. Um, I love that interaction. That's so gorgeous. I feel like um, that kind of passive sense of community, I think, has felt very rare. Hmm. In fact, I think there have been lots and lots of attempts to replicate that sort of spirit on the internet through like Zoom trivia or Humble Town. Is it called Humble Town? That little like RPG looking meeting space. People have tried to make the internet feel fun Hmm. and like you Hmm. want to hang out there with your friends. Hmm. And I feel like most of those attempts have kind of failed or at least they felt like compromises. And it's interesting to see even seeing like tweets that are just like good wordle today, no guesses, stuff like that. It feels really nice. It feels like we're all part of something. I wrote in my review about the fact that wordle kind of sits completely outside of the traditional video game industry or really the video game industry at all. We'll be back after this quick break. So, Ginny, you said that Wordle sits completely outside the traditional video game industry. Tell me about that. How is it different to the rest of the ecosystem, even when compared to other simple mobile games? I mean, it's completely free. It doesn't seem to be gathering. Man, if it turns out that Wordle is like gathering everyone's data and selling it for a huge profit, <laughs> I'm that's going to be it. I'm packing up my bags and going home. <laughs> but... It seems like that's not, not the case. Not you, Wordle. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring <laughs> <Right>? balance. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be harvesting people's data. You know, the auto-generated tweet doesn't even link back to the game. Hmm. There's no sense of self-promotion. There's no monetization of any kind, which kind of defies the logic of how we understand games working online. But... Actually, in terms of the ecosystem more broadly, I think this is a form of game development that I am very familiar with, that Mm. feels very, yeah, very familiar to me. And it's actually the kind of game development that made me interested in games in the first place. There's, in Melbourne in particular, an absolutely huge community of 
people who kind of treat game development as a personal art practice rather than as a commercial practice. Mm. There used to be a bar called Bar SK that called itself a trash art and video game bar where people would make, they would host game jams where people would try to make games in like 24 hours. They hosted this annual event called Delete where you would spend, I think again, it was 24 or maybe 48 hours making a video game that was designed to be destroyed by the end of that period. Oh, wow. I had an ex-partner who made me a birthday card that was just a little interactive garden. Oh, cool. (laughs) So the idea of making a game that's just for someone you love, just for fun and not for money, I think is actually indicative of like a very active and surprisingly common way of approaching game development as kind of a practice, though maybe not one that people who aren't down the trash art video game wormhole would be so familiar with. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting to hear that there is a community and and a kind of context around this. And I think if maybe Wordle exposes more people to the idea that you can just make stuff because you care about it and other people can derive joy from it, that, that is a good thing. I think there's so much... You know, the the kind of false propaganda of capitalism is that things only get created because people want to make money and have success. And Wordle is like, Wordle doesn't even have its own website. Like, it's a subdomain. Mm. <laughs> it's powerlanguage.co.uk slash Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> it's so lo-fi. Yeah. Um, and Josh Wordle isn't making any money from it. He doesn't seem to have any desire to do that. He just likes to make stuff. And it's such an amazing reminder that you can make art and you can bring joy to people just for its own sake. And I think, Ginny, you know way more about this stuff than I do. We've previously talked about, you know, big corporate video game culture and companies and sort of the problems with that. But I haven't been able to stop contrasting the success of Wordle and what it means as kind of a lo-fi indie, completely free production to the news from the other week that Activision Blizzard, the the biggest kind of games company in the world, was just swallowed up by Microsoft. Mm. Microsoft has agreed to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, making this acquisition the largest buyout in video game history. Microsoft announced their plans to buy Activision Blizzard, including all of their studios from Blizzard Entertainment to Infinity Ward and even King, the makers of Candy Crush, and of course, all their biggest IP from Call of Duty to Warcraft, from Tony Hawk to Overwatch, Spyro, and even perhaps one of the most iconic PlayStation characters of all time, Crash Bandicoot. So you've got this spectrum of what games and entertainment is right now, where you've got these really corporatized versions of games where they not only cost to play, there's weekly subscriptions, people spend millions and millions and millions, if not billions of dollars a year, buying skins and, and, you know, loot boxes and Mm. all this sort of stuff. And it's just, you know, the financial corporate element of video games on steroids. And then on the complete other end, you've got this wholesome Wordle experience. And, you know, it's not to say that one is better or worse than the other. Games like Fortnite, which are huge moneymakers for the companies that own them, bring people a lot of joy and a lot of pleasure. But it does sometimes feel like, well, I'm just a cog in this machine making money for these huge companies, whereas something like Wordle feels much more kind of wholesome and community-oriented than that. Totally. I think we're kind of reaching a point with the way we talk about video games where collectively 
we're going to have to contend with the fact that it's not a particularly meaningful category anymore. Mm. I resolutely call Wordle a video game because I think it's important to recognise the diversity of what is being made and what is being achieved in that space broadly. And I think we're kind of seeing this across the creative arts and particularly screen art, the fact that Disney owns basically everything now Mm. kind of feels similar. Like, would you think of a Marvel movie in the same category as a TikTok or like a student film? Games have like that same breadth for sure. And in the same way, unexpected and personal things can suddenly become incredibly popular. Mm. But I think um, the way we talk about games and the way in Australia that we fund them really focuses on the idea that games are these commercial, commercial, commercial economic force, Mm. this money maker, this job creator, when actually the most exciting kind of interactive or like playful art works being made don't fit that narrative at all. Yeah. And I think another thing that I really like about making something that feels so kind of open source and community oriented like Wordle is how many derivatives of the game have already been constructed and created. Mm. There's all these different versions people play. It's It's been translated into different languages. I know someone who doesn't speak French, but they just play the French version for fun. Uh, there's more complex versions with longer words. And all of this is really only possible because it's free from that kind of super corporate rights-based approach that so much of the content we consume comes from. Mm. And I'm also on a very basic level, just really enjoying all the memes that are coming out of it. And I think it's also weirdly kind of really, really healthy to have a shared frustration that is totally minor Mm. (laughs) and that totally doesn't matter. Like I think even people who are doing 10 think pieces a day about how sharing your Wordle score is violence or whatever, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, go for it. Keep keep having, please redirect your bad opinions to something that literally doesn't matter at all. That's so funny. It's It's so low stakes. Yeah. Enough about West Elm Caleb destroying the New York dating scene. Let's just stick to Wordle chat. We can just get back to Wordle. This is what we should say. Anytime anyone's got a take that they're particularly exercised about, just Hmm. think about Wordle and just think about your views on Wordle (laughs) and tweet. You can can substack your Wordle takes. Just give us that more than anything else. Hey, Ginny, thank you so much for talking (laughs) to me about Wordle and would really encourage anyone listening to check out Ginny's uh, write-up of it on thesaturdaypaper.com.au. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always a lot of fun. The Culture is a weekly show from Schwartz Media. It's produced by Atticus Basto. Our editor-in-chief is Eric Jensen, and our theme music is by Hermitude. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at theculture.pod. I'm Osman Faruqi. See you next week. Listener.